0: Join the Hamden County Sheriff's Office medical team. We offer professional medical and mental health care during and after incarceration, following a revered public health model. We're hiring for nursing and supervisory roles, offering a less hectic case than a hospital's, a state pension, benefits, and potential retirement after 20 years. Our firm but fair approach to corrections has been emulated nationwide. We're not your average law enforcement agency. Visit our website to learn more. The ideas and opinions expressed in this show do not reflect the views of WHMP or Saga Communications. This show may contain subject matter not suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Do not allow outside
1: opinions to define your reality or disrupt your peace of mind. You only fail if you quit. No matter the uncertainty, always keep moving forward to discover or rediscover your future. It will not come looking for you. Hi, I'm Lisa Riley, and each week we're here to share narratives of people and programs, the stories and the stigmas that surround those that have been incarcerated or are on probation or parole, and just all of those who are hustling, because this is The Hustler Files. Welcome, everyone, to this week's The Hustler Files. I'm hoping we can have a happy story this week. Um, We're going to be talking with a couple of people, uh, Corey and Stephanie, who have been through the system, have had some ups and downs in their lives, but are coming out on the happy end of um, moving their lives forward. And so right now we have Corey with us. Corey, welcome to The Hustler Files. Thank you so much. So, Corey, I was reading um, your background. I had received your story, and it's very in-depth. And as you know, we don't have a lot of time on the show. But I do want you to touch upon some of, I guess, what would be the low points that sort of took you down the path towards incarceration, if you could, so that our listeners understand where you've come from before we tell them how well you're doing now.
2: Okay. Well, a very low point in my life that I can actually remember is like I was suffering like with a lot of depression and anxiety and things of that nature. So a lot of mental health factors in my life to where I had like no um, identity of who I was, you know. So therefore I was searching for my identity, but in the wrong places and um, people that were coming to my life, you know, trying to help me out. Like I was living in what you, what you would call duality. So it was kind of hard to, you know, for me to pick a side. So I was living like a double life. Eventually, I end up getting falsely accused and falsely arrested on um, two major um, charges, which were to attempt murders. And while I was sitting on those charges, I end up, well, not me, but the higher my understanding, the case got dismissed. And when I went to Georgia, I got locked up out there and... They used all my cases from Massachusetts against me, and I ended up serving two years in prison in Savannah prison.
1: Was that a state prison or a federal?
2: It's a state prison.
1: Okay. Just to highlight, you know, sort of what took you down this path was your life started out pretty rough, right?
2: Yes, it did. I actually was born and raised in Boston, which is Roxbury. I was born with HIV, and also um, I lost both my parents before the age of twelve. My father passed away when I was between six months and a year old. I believe, and my mother committed suicide when I was twelve.
1: That's awful uh, I'm so forgive me I just that's, that's so right. heart- heartbreaking. I'm so sorry to hear that
2: and this is where um me saying like being a teenager with no identity, well I couldn't find my identity at the time? So I lingered off into you know the neighborhood the rough um neighborhood of Roxbury, and um I found myself in i guess a spiral you know um but. During that time, as I mentioned earlier about living a double life and living in duality, uh, my neighbor actually gave me an application for the Boston Health Commission in which I started doing a lot of outreach training there at the age of like 16, 17. And then from there, I was able to go transfer over to the City Farm Health Center as well.
1: So how did you end up, let's fast forward a second, how did you end up being falsely accused for two attempted murders?
2: Honestly, that's still baffling to this day because none of like none of the court records or anything that had any type of you know like like my name was never mentioned, my description of ever mentioned, like nothing like really pointed to me. Like i like I said, it's still baffling.
1: Did you not have because we talk about this on other shows um, with yes. attorneys and with sheriff departments and with other people that have unfortunately been accused when they weren't the perpetrator of anything so do you think it just because of where you were living because of how you look were, were those extenuating circumstances were you hanging around with the wrong people
2: well i can say that where, where i was living you know i can't choose who i hang around because you know like going to school with people and, and kids in the neighborhood but once again you know like they have like no evidence against me at all you know, but this is what they they chose as if I'm saying they said they had a witness, somebody to, you know, that said it was me. But once again, like what happened was too, with um what you call the uh, the documents, like they, they basically withheld the documents in, in hopes that I would like, like cop out to like a plea of six to eight years of state, which I did not. And then after about six to eight months and I ended up getting a new lawyer. And when he came on, he actually got the documents, which I still have to this day. And my name was never mentioned, only um, basically hearsay.
1: Wow. So why did you get transferred to Georgia?
2: So Georgia, I ended up, um, I was doing an internship at Boston Health Commission. My internship was actually ending, and I actually went to Georgia to stay with my cousin, and from Georgia, like in Georgia, I ended up taking the police on a, on a high-speed chase because I didn't have my license and so forth. And what they did was, when they arrested me, they took what they had against me, which was fleeing, fleeing, and eluding. And with that, they basically put me on no bill. And then they took all my information from Boston and used that against me as if I was like on the run or I was like a big threat.
1: Wow. So the reason that you were leading the police on a high speed chase was because you didn't want to get arrested for driving without a license.
2: Correct. And I'm not from Georgia. And like the whole that whole story is like so um a little bit complex. And plus, I have my sister in the car as well. And I want to make sure she was safe.
1: Yeah, we know the southern states um, can be a little bit tougher in these areas than some of the northern states. So, Let's fast forward. You get a new lawyer. You're, you've are you spent a couple years behind the wall. And do you get out because you're exonerated, or do you get out because you've served your time?
2: Um, I serve my time. I end up being released on parole and six years probation because I'm taking on... Um, uh what they call it eight through two, so two years in and six years on probation.
1: Okay. And you served the, that that time has all been served or you mentioned yes. to me offline that your quarry is totally clear. So walk us through how that was able to happen.
2: Yes, yeah, so all that's cleared out with the six years probation. Um I end up reaching out to AISS and luckily like I've never been convicted of any of the felonies and they all been quashed, meaning continue without a finding. And I basically completed like all my probation, all my parole, all you know what I'm saying everything. So therefore, even when I completed my last six years of probation, I was able to get everything sealed. So now I have no felonies at all on my
1: court. Wow. That's amazing. How long did the expungement process take you?
2: That took about maybe two and a half months, if that.
1: So you had all these accusations against you Correct. But they None of them were true, not one of them, or were some of them true, but they just couldn't prove it? I would say
2: some of them were true, and that was basically off of self-defense. But once again, handling probation, or me getting probation, me completing probation, and other things that um, I need, I needed to complete to move forward, they, they granted it.
1: Wow. So, And this lawyer that you found in Georgia, did he or she stay with you through this process? Yes, she did. Wow. So tell us what you're doing today, because we're already going to run out of time in a couple minutes, and I have a question I need to ask you. So give us a quick synopsis of where you are, what you're doing, uh, how your life is going.
2: My life is going extremely incredible. Like everything is just, it's like, it's like I'm elevating beyond the stars right now. And um, I'm involved with a lot of um, services at AISS and also outside of AISS as well. Um, I just, I counted at least seven certificates I have um, was able to attain so far uh, I'm into the Men's Leadership Group, the Mentorship Course, Fathers and Trust, I'm involved with Mass Hire, Recovery Center, and once again, like, I'm just collecting all these certificates and completing these courses just to better my life, and it's not just for me, but for my daughter as well.
1: Oh, that's wonderful, and um, are you going to get to spend the holidays with your daughter? Yes, I am. Oh, that's great. How old is she, if you don't mind me asking?
2: She's
1: 17. Oh, wow. So she's a young woman. She's not a little yes. girl. So where do you want to go? What career path do you, with all these certificates and all the work you're doing with the Hamden County Sheriff's Department, where do you see that taking you?
2: Well, my, my sole purpose is to help others. So that's, that's what I've been doing since I was 15 and always have been. You know, I found my purpose when I was young. And even though I went through the trials and tribulations, my purpose was always available. So even when I was incarcerated, I was still helping, still being um, active towards my support of others as well.
1: Wow. Well, I was going to ask you the question, which is I believe we all have life assignments, and that's I ask every guest that question. So you've just sort of answered it. I guess you feel like your life assignment is what?
2: This is my calling. My calling is to be a light burner, a messenger, telling my story. That's why I'm so open right now today. Because even though I went through what I went through, I still came out shining and bright.
1: So you think you think there was an angel on your shoulder all those years?
2: Most definitely, yes.
1: Well, yes. we wish you the best of luck in your future. I apologize that we don't have more time to chat with you. But I'm sure that your future is looking bright. And hopefully, Corey, your story will inspire somebody else that's been going through a duality or a rough time when they listen to this episode. So listeners, grab another cup of coffee. We'll be back in a few minutes to chat with our next guest, Stephanie. And Corey, have a wonderful holiday.
2: All right. Thank you. You too. Hello, this is Patrick Kaling, Sheriff of Hampshire County. This year, my office received the prestigious Fatherhood Award from the Children's Trust, a state child abuse prevention agency, for our work with the Nurturing Fathers program. We are proud of our partnership with the Children's Trust and firmly believe that strong, safe families help build strong, safe communities. If you're interested in joining our award-winning team, visit our website, HampshireSheriffs.com, submit an application online, or call and ask for our HR department.
1: Welcome back, everyone, to this week's The Hustler Files. I'm your host, Lisa Riley. And we have in our second half a young woman named Stephanie, who has been connected to us through the Hampton County Sheriff's Department and the All Inclusive Support Services out of Springfield, Massachusetts. We've chatted with some guests from that organization in the past. And today we have Stephanie. So, Stephanie, welcome to the Hustler Files. Hello, hello. So, Stephanie, I want to keep it light. I have a little bit of your background. We're going into a holiday uh, weekend, and you look like maybe from what I read about you that you've had some ups and downs. But why don't you start by telling us, instead of giving us your background and your past, why don't you tell us right now about what your life is like and what you're doing at AISS?
3: So, yeah. So, as of right now, I am a mentor at the Hampton County Sheriff's Department. I give back. I go in to the women's facility every Wednesday, and I do a group of the ladies called Transitions. And that's where we talk to them about mentorship and getting a mentor. And I speak to the ladies about a toolbox. And they're like, what's a toolbox? And a toolbox, I believe everybody needs a life. It's a box full of tools that we need to navigate life. And that toolbox, we have a therapist. And they're like, why a therapist? I believe everybody needs a therapist because we have some type of trauma or bondage that we need to deal with. And also on that toolbox, a therapist, you need a mentor, you need somebody to guide you and give you support and uh, lead you in the right direction. If you're in recovery, you need a recovery coach and a sponsor. And the last tool in that toolbox is some type of higher power, whether it's God, Buddha, Maria, whoever it is that you believe in. And uh, I tell the ladies about the toolbox. I became a mentor because I have seven daughters. And God forbid one of my daughters end up on that side of the fence, I would want somebody to guide and give my daughter direction and, and, and encouragement and mentor them and say, hey, it's okay. Let this be one and done or two and done and we get you back on the right track. So that's why I became a mentor.
1: Wow. So I have to ask the question, have you served time behind the wall? No, I have not. So how did you get involved with the Sheriff's Department and become a mentor in this program? So my uh, former boss,
3: Dallas Clark, is actually a mentor at AIFS. So my job that I do every day is a recovery coach. I help people in recovery, and I specialize towards women, nothing against men, but I just feel like we just need it more than men. And that's how I came here. And I kind of had some stigma. I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. Like, uh. But then I thought about it. And I sat and I listened to people's stories. And I was like, oh, my goodness. That could have easily been me. Like, I wish I had a mentor growing up. Or even now, you know, I have a mentor. But some of the mentors that are there, they mentor me. I don't get paid. I don't get anything. But I get fed spiritually. And I was uh, 2023 Mentor of the Year.
1: Wow, congratulations. I did not know that. That's very exciting. Yes, thank you. So did AISS train you to be a recovery coach, or did you have that in your background somewhere?
3: No, so I had that in my background
1: for my my job now. Okay. Um, only
3: thing AISS trained me was uh, how to be a mentor in the guidelines, so I had to take the same training as Actually, Hamden County Sheriff Department's office and staff uh, take, uh, take the same training.
1: So do you think the women who are incarcerated, and, and I've been in various prisons uh, around the country, have met with women who are incarcerated. A lot of them don't belong there and sadly are. Do you find that they're more connected to you because you're a woman helping them with that toolbox and, and giving them that mentorship than they might connect with a man?
3: Mm, that's hard. That's a give and take because there's some things that they can talk to men can talk to the women about that you know I can't relate to. So maybe there's some women that have daddy issues and that's why they date the men that they date. You know, we I don't know, but I just try to give them things that I know that works with me. And that works with my my daughters. But definitely a man could give them something that I can't give. So it would be great to have um, – we actually do recovery theater. And um, we have some of the male mentors actually now involved with the females. And they give their outlook and their story and they tell on it. And, you know, the women are like, oh, my God. Like, I didn't want to talk to my dad because of X, Y, and Z. But now hearing your story and hearing you, my dad, I believe, probably went through the same thing. and He just didn't know how to communicate or talk to me or –
1: you know, so Wow It's a give and take. And I mean I'm and I'm also in awe of you, the fact that you have seven daughters. I don't know how you did it. I have two <laughs> and they kept me on my toes. So uh, I, I don't know how oh, you Oh definitely
3: two.
1: Seven of them. Lucky seven, right? Yes. But you mentioned in your bio that I was reading that you did experience some domestic violence at some point in your life. And how was that life changing for you? It was very life-changing and, and traumatic for me,
3: and I knew when I went through that, what I went through, I knew it was time for change. I knew I needed to be a better Stephanie. I knew that I couldn't allow my daughter to go through what I went through, or I was young when I went through it, but it was just enough that I just said I would never want to go through that again or experience that never again, and I would want my daughters now to experience that. So I take trainings and things like that to stay on top of like um, domestic violence because there's a whole new world of DV now, which is like internet. There's all kinds of things now. You'd be surprised and I amazed, mean, like, that's considered domestic. Yeah, that is.
1: Oh, that's interesting. We'll have to do a show about that and bring you back on because I'd love to drill down a little bit more on, on that subject. So, you're in this career path right now, recovery coach and mentor. What Light your fire when you are doing this job? I mean, like what really, when you leave work, what has really spiritually fed you?
3: So what feeds my soul is meeting new women every week and hearing their stories, hearing what they're going through and just giving them a glimpse of hope. You know, being there to listen to them because sometimes, you know, they don't have anyone. I met two ladies today from Rhode Island and they don't have any support. And so I talked to them about getting a mentor, somebody that you can confide into, somebody that you can talk to because I tell them I'm a real person. I speak real stuff. Nobody in here are friends. Nobody, you know, we say we're friends. And as women, you know, we're emotional. And the first thing we do when we're upset, we open our mouth and we say things. And, you know, you could have told your bunkmate or your cellmate something in confidence and you guys get into it. And the first thing is, you start running your business to everybody in the pod. So that's why you need a mentor, somebody that you can confine to. And I tell them, whatever said to me, I don't go back and repeat to any of the
1: mentors or anybody else. Only time I do go back and report something, I you're going to do self-harm or harm to someone else. Well, that's great advice. And I, I have heard that. I We had a woman on the show who was transferred from one local jail to another, and she felt like she was in a little bit better emotional space in the other jail because there weren't as many women. She said living in a pod with women is extremely difficult.
3: Mhm, It is. I hear it every Wednesday because we also do pod hopping. So after we do the group transitions with the women, we talk about mentorship and the do's and the don'ts and what it is to be a mentor. Then we go and revisit the ladies in the pods and we get to see how they're living firsthand, what their everyday life look like, you know, in a pod, being incarcerated, being behind the wall, as they say. And um, it's an eye-opener. It's definitely an eye-opener, you know, because I could talk to them in the group, but, you know, once I see, like, how it is. And these women, I tell you, they're stronger than I, I can even imagine. They're braver. They're like, they create so many things that I was just like in shock and amazed by. I'm like, how did you get those like finger waves or your hair to slip down with the the edges? And they're like, Oh girl, we use conditioner and Vaseline. It makes gel or they mix it with toothpaste and it makes a hair gel. And I'm like, Oh, MG. Wow. Never would have known. So I learned things all the time from the ladies there.
1: Well, they always say "and necessity is the mother of invention. So, Stephanie, where is this piece of your life taking you? Where do you see yourself going down the road?
3: Oh, wow. I would like to open up my own mentorship program for anyone and everyone, especially children, um, because there's a need for it. I talk with my kids. Um, My kids range from 25 to 7. And I have three currently in high school right now and three in middle school. And the stories that they come home and they talk to me about, you know, I'm like, wow, they can use that. They can use that help. My older kids, they have a lot of friends that have lost their mom or father, you know, just going through a lot of things in life. And they just don't have anybody that they feel comfortable enough to talk to. They reach out to me. So a lot of people feel easy. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's my nurturing uh, background. I don't know it's because I'm a mom of eleven. I don't know, they just feel like it's easy to talk to. Maybe they feel relatable. So in the, in the future, I would love to open up my own mentorship program where I could help young all the way up to whoever, older people, because they need mentors too because, you know, I'm in Chicopee and I talk to women and I ask them, like, why do you pick me? Like, I'm only such and such years old. You know, you're old enough to be my mom. And they're like, there's something about you. And that right there, I'm like, wow, I got to keep doing what I do. I love doing what I do. Mentoring is is, is my heart. That fills my heart. Giving back fills my heart. You know, if you give, it'll come back. I'm giving and I'm praying that it will come back to not to me, but to my children, their children's children. That's where I see myself opening up my own mentorship program
1: to help everyone. I actually, listening to you speak, and I've gotten goosebumps a few times, which I always say is a good thing. I could actually see you, because you were talking about these women from Rhode Island and, and they're in another state, that maybe you could lead the charge on creating a mentor network that would involve people from other parts of the country and other states. And, you know, because I think what you do is so important and it's so valuable and it's so necessary in treatment of people who have been incarcerated or who have been abused or who have been traumatized um, throughout their lives. And it, it It's such an admirable cause, and I, I kind of, listening to you, could see you creating some kind of a network where you were the connector. You know, you're the connective tissue mm-hmm. bringing people together. So mm-hmm. I would hold on to that, but before we say goodbye, because we always run out of time on the show... Uh, sadly, is I ask mm-hmm. all of my I, and I, we will get you back with you because I, I would like to talk more about the domestic violence piece of this. So we'll we'll chat in twenty twenty four. But I would yeah. like to ask you what I ask all of my guests, which is that um, I'm a very spiritual person and I believe that we all have life assignments, and I think you've touched on some of yours. But you know maybe you've you're living your life assignment maybe your life assignment is still to come but where do you feel you are right now in the land of life assignments i believe
3: that i am living my life assignment right now i I know i'm living it because uh a couple years ago i almost lost my life over you know getting my body done and that was like a turning point for me that was a point for me to be like, okay. This is what you need to do. This is what you want to do. Let's make it happen, manifestation. And I wrote down a lot of things on my list, and so far everything has pretty much come true on my list. And I am living, I'm at where I need to be right now in this very moment in life, and I couldn't be more happier. When I tell people like, oh, you mentor, you, you're volunteering here, you're doing this, but you got a lot of kids. Are you are you you getting any money or stipends? And I'm like, nope, I don't get any of that. And that's okay. I'm perfectly fine with that because I'm getting fed spiritually. And like I said, I give because I wanted to come tenfold back to my children and their children and their children's children. So that's fine. I don't get any money. That's fine because I don't do it for money. I do it for my soul. It feeds my soul, my purpose in life. And they always say, God, don't give you what you can't handle. You know, at a young age, I had like six kids at 26 and I'm like, Oh my God, what am I gonna do? And my grandmother always told me, God don't give you what you can't handle And so I believe God is giving me this and I'm handling it. When I tell you I'm everywhere, I'm
1: volunteering, I'm working, I'm doing everything tenfold a hundred times. Well good for you, Stephanie. I I think it's so admirable and I love your energy I can hear it in your voice when you talk about what you're doing so keep going we're we're gonna sit here on the hustler files and root for you and I'm sure our listeners will root for you yeah. as well so I hope you have a yeah, wonderful holiday and we will definitely be in touch I want to thank you again for for joining us today and listeners don't go anywhere we still have to wrap up this week with the hustler files we'll be right back
0: Join the Hampden County Sheriff's Office medical team. We offer professional medical and mental health care during and after incarceration, following a revered public health model. We're hiring for nursing and supervisory roles, offering a less hectic case than a hospital's, a state pension, benefits, and potential retirement after 20 years. Our firm but fair approach to corrections has been emulated nationwide. We're not your average law enforcement agency. Visit our website to learn more. We are back, and thank you again
1: to Corey and Stephanie for joining us this week. And our thoughts come from Dr. Thema Bryant, Homecoming. In this season, may you shed fear and show up fully in heart and purpose. While you're in the arena taking on giants, some people will sit in the bleachers critiquing your strategy. Keep your eyes on the prize and your ears tuned only to the still, small voice within— and to those who have done what you're doing. May the dream you're carrying come alive. May it soar and sing. May the delays and detours not cause you to quit. May you breathe, stretch, and birth the beautiful vision. May it exceed your imagination. And that's a wrap on another Hustler Files for this week. We are actually coming up on the end of 2023. We'll have one more show after this one. And then we'll dive in in 2024 with a host of lots of exciting guests and conversations and people really hustling to change their lives. Thank you again to all our guests and advertisers for your continuing support. Have a wonderful week ahead. And remember, don't be ashamed of your story. It will inspire others. See you next week, right here on The Hustler Files.
0: The Hampton County Sheriff's Office is more than law enforcement. We provide professional medical and mental health care during and post-incarceration, valuing wellness, treatment, and access to care. We offer part and full-time nursing positions with a less hectic pace, state pension, benefits, and potential retirement after 20 years. We walk with empathy, uplifting individuals and families. Join us. Make a difference. Visit our website for more. The Hamden County Sheriff's Office. Not your average law enforcement agency.